Welcome to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Caitlin Stansel. And I'm Madeline Green. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Unrest Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So this episode is for our animal lovers out there, our pet lovers. Uh, This is a story that really touched my heart when I did this interview, so I'm excited for us to share it. But it comes at sort of an interesting time. In your life, at least, Madeline, because she has this cute little Frenchie named Viva that has been in our lives. How old is Viva now? Well, her birthday is actually on the 28th of March, and she'll be 14. Wow. She's an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) But, Madeline, you got Viva a year or two years before I got Z. Right. So they sort of, like, grew up together in our little college house, and she's been with you up until now and she's still here she's still here but she's having some old lady problems and just sort of like a a, sort of like a time where you're really reflecting and giving her all her love and spoiling her right now and whenever somebody asks I'm like yep she was in college with me like she knows all of my secrets (laughs) (laughs) she's just been the best little dog in the whole world and to have her this long has been a blessing She does have cancer and, you know, she's had other health problems throughout her life, but she's just kind of pushed through. But I know that I'm near the end. She's she can't really walk anymore. And so I'm just trying to, you know, make her life the best possible. Yesterday, I got up super early before work because now she kind of comes to work with me. And so I got up super early and we went to Starbucks and I got her a pup cup. Just little things like that. (laughs) She loved it. And right now she's laying beside me. So if you hear her snoring, I'm sorry. I don't care. (laughs) Viva has been in the background of many of our episodes with her little snores. But she's such a sweet girl and so many great memories with her as well. So this story, I interviewed Jordan and she tells me about this experience that she had after her dog Hunter passed away. And I just want to read a text exchange that we had because... This story really touched me as well. My dog Z passed away two years ago. And so this is what I said after I did my interview interview with Jordan. I said, I just wanted to say that your hunter story had me tearing up. My dog died about two years ago in sort of a similar unexpected medical incident. And I just love that you've got a chance to say goodbye. And she said, it makes me tear up too. And I will forever be thankful that he thought of me before he crossed over. Losing a pet is never easy. So take a listen to Jordan's story. My name's Jordan, and I live in North Georgia. I've always been a believer. There's been too many things that that I have seen and things that I have dreamt that have come true and things like that to, like, not be a believer. We had had this dog. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be our dog. We were just supposed to be watching him for a friend of a friend while they were going out of the country on business for a couple of months. And he was just about a year old whenever he came to us. And at the time, I think it was like nine or 10. And um, it was, uh, his name was Hunter. He was a Springer Spaniel. And the lady had come back by to get, to get him whenever she got back. So I was playing in the front yard and decided to just turn around and go home. <laughs> we never heard from her again. And 
But the story starts, I guess, whenever me, my mom, my grandma, and my aunt, we went to Colorado for vacation. And Hunter was older, but we didn't really think that we had anything to fear. So we like, had no problem leaving him back home with my dad. And while we were in Colorado, it was our second day there. My dad called and was like, hey, um, you know, something's going on with Hunter. I'm going to take him to the vet in the morning, but he's not eating. And he wasn't able to make it up the stairs tonight from going to the bathroom. We were just like, okay, you know, whatever, let us know. And so dad takes him and the vet tells him that he has cancer that has no doubt spread all over his body and that he's in incredible pain. And so my dad calls us and, um, he's in, you know, he relays the message and the doctor put Hunter on pain medication so that maybe me and mom could get home to be there to put him down, to like put him to sleep. And, um, it, it didn't work out that way though. We got snowed in. We couldn't catch another flight out of Colorado. And we didn't want to leave him like that, obviously. So the following day, my dad, um, took him back to the vet where they inevitably put him to sleep while me and my mom were on the phone. We said our goodbyes, and um, that night, me and my mom were beside ourselves, obviously. <laughs> we just, we don't want to do anything. We just go to bed, but I also wanted to be alone, so that night I went to sleep on the couch downstairs. Everybody else was upstairs, and uh, I'm asleep. Whenever I'm woken up to like licking on my face and my hand which is something that hunter used to do to go outside whenever he had to go to the bathroom like in the middle of the night and i wake up and he's there <laughs> and he's there just like he was the day before i left like i can feel him i can smell him i can like i can i'm literally like petting him and like feeling his curls and his soft hair and like i'm talking to him and i and i tell him i'm like hey thank you like thank you for realizing that i needed to say goodbye to you like, thank you for needing to say goodbye to me. And um, so he uh, he motions, like, towards the door. <laughs> and it's uh, it was a front door, but it, the front door was it was a little weird the way that the resort was set up. The front door faced a wood line. And, like, you actually parked in the back, like, where the deck was. So it was solid woods out the front door. And um, he motioned to the door to be let out. And so I got up, and I let him out. And he walked off into the woods, turned around and looked back at me one more time and just kept going. I actually didn't tell my mom the next day. I didn't tell my mom for a couple of days. Um, just be, one, because honest, honestly, I didn't want her to be jealous. <laughs> like, cause I didn't, like, I didn't want her to feel bad that Hunter didn't come say goodbye to her, that he only, that he had only come to me. But whenever I did tell her, you know, she started crying again because, I mean, like, all of his mannerisms, like, were the same. Like, Hunter, he smiles and, like, he lifts his, he would lift his top jaws and, like, it looked like he was growling and, like, he would even kind of growl, but he was literally just happy and smiling. And, like, while, while I was interacting with Hunter that night, like, he was doing that. And so, like, he was, like, doing all of our favorite things, like, that he does. And, um... So I guess I was explaining this to my mom, you know, she just, it's like, like, she obviously knows the dog, so she just knew that, you know, he had come to say goodbye, but, and from that day on, like, like, I went to bed upstairs in my mom's bed that night after I had let Hunter out, like, I was fine, like, sure, missed him, loved him, wished that he was still here, you know, I went through all of those emotions, but I was no longer, like, devastated. So my first one 
whenever I was 12. My uncle Link, um, on my dad's side, he had lived with us for a little while, and I just thought he was the coolest person ever. Like, every time he would go to the store, he would buy me, like, little snacks or little treats, you know? So I just thought he was really, really cool. And um, he lived with us for about a year, and then he moved back down to Florida. And about a... I don't, I don't know exactly how long after he moved out. It could have been a year. It could have been four years. So I was young. I don't remember. But um, I was asleep in my bed one night, and I had this terrible, terrible dream. And um, it woke me up, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like ugly crying. I'm sobbing. I go to my mom, and I'm like, Mom, and I describe my dream to her. And I'm like, I'm like, there's a man. I was like, there was a man in a car, and, and he was going through a toll booth, like on the Florida Turnpike. He was in a blue truck and he was trying to get his phone and and I was like and then the semi just hit him, just hit him and and I just kept telling my mom I was like I know that he's dead like whoever was in that truck like is not surviving that like I watched it and um, the very next morning at about ten o'clock my mom gets a call from my grandmother to let me know that Link had in fact passed and he was on the turnpike he was in his blue truck and he was hit by a semi. I was a little freaked out. My mom was a little bit more freaked out about it, but she told me that it's quite normal coming from her side of the family, um, that it's just something that some of the women can do on her side. And to be the one, skipped my mom and skipped my grandmother, but my great-grandmother, she had dreams that would come true. Or dreams, I guess, that were somewhat, I don't want to use the word premonition because they're not always exactly spot on. But after Link had passed, and about a year later, I had another dream. That had also come true. And whenever we told my grandma that one, like on top of the link one, and this is my grandma on my mom's side. She said, you know, my mom can do things like that. And, you know, and we like tried to press her, but that's really all we got. Like I said, she's not a talker. She wasn't going to go in depth with me. It was just that my mom could do that too. My grandmother on my dad's side, she had dementia and she was in hospice. And me and my dad drove down to Florida to be with her. And, um, while I was there, no one else was visiting. She has three other kids that were living, multitude of grandkids. No one else was there but me and my dad. And um, I, I, like, I was fixated. I was, like, 18 at the time. I was fixated on being awake, like, being there whenever she passed. Like, I did not want her to be alone. And um, I was one of the last people that she remembered before her mind, before she really lost her mind. So I'm, like, I'm laying, I'm sitting in a chair, and I'm laying across, like, the side of her bed, and I'm holding her hand. And I just happened to fall asleep with my head on her bed. And this is after the third day of me trying to stay up all night while my dad took the day shift. And I end up falling asleep. And then I feel like this patting slash rubbing on my shoulder, kind of like a, hi, good morning, like, wake up, honey, kind of thing. And I wake up just in time, like, to watch her take her last couple of breaths. And I just, I know without a doubt that, like, somebody, something, I don't even know what, like, woke me up, but... After she had passed, like, I immediately just out loud was like, thank you. (laughs) Like, thank you for waking me up. And that one, like, I have chills right now. Like, that one gives me chills every time. I think that I'm just, like, I'm an open person. Like, I'm just, like, it's almost kind of like an it is what it is. Like, I don't, I've never really been uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Like, just from the very get-go, it was like, oh, I have this dream and it came true. Okay, so, like, this is a thing now. Cool. Like, let's roll with this. So, I guess to people out there who may be, like, skeptical or uncomfortable with the idea that, you know, this is possible, I guess, what would you say to them? 
Oh, that's tough. That's tough because my partner is actually skeptical. She doesn't believe a word that I say. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, she thinks that I've like, I need a grippy sock vacation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess just that, I don't know, like, I guess it's okay to be uncomfortable with what it is that you don't know, but you can't discredit other people who like have lived through it. Like, like, you know, like you can, you can be a skeptic, but you can be a respectful skeptic for one. Yeah. So when I wrapped up this interview with Jordan, um, I'll admit I was sort of like recording this as I was driving home from work one day and uh, I was like crying in the car as I was driving, just thinking of how sweet of an experience that had to have been for her. And, uh, you know, you don't always get that opportunity to sort of have that moment of goodbye. And, you know, like she said, she's just really grateful that that she had that experience. You know, she is really lucky because something like so tragic like that and then not to be able to get there, you know, like you're trying. Mm -hmm. It means so much to you, but you just can't make it work. It's not working out. And then for him to like kind of give her that last like, you know, it's okay. I know you loved me. Right. See you on the other side sort of thing. Yeah. I was telling my mom, I was like. I think what makes it really hard is I've had animals my whole life, but I've never had an old animal. Like everything has tragically died. (laughs) And I almost feel like those have been so much easier because it's almost like, you know, some of them I didn't have to witness. Some of them, you know, it was nothing you could do. But it's like when you have something older like that, it's like. And you like don't want them to be in pain or suffering and they can't verbalize any of that to you as well right it's just so hard and I don't know I don't even know how to explain it like it almost some I feel terrible (laughs) saying this but like it feels some like almost sometimes worse than like a a person (laughs) like this is you know an animal that Viva sleeps with me every night like I just don't know what I'm gonna do without her well and sometimes our pets like we spend more time with them than people we love Um, yeah you know like you said like Viva sleeps with you every night that's how Z was with me. And like, I would go to sleep hearing her snoring. And like, that was really comforting to me. And there's still times when I get really sad and cry about it just because you feel like there's sort of like a hole in your heart. You yeah. know, there's just like an empty space in your life where they've always been, especially having her since college. I mean, that's half your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying and not everyone, to cry right now. <laughs> I know. Everyone's like, you know, you'll get another one. And I'm like, I don't know if I want another one. Like, I don't think there will ever be another Viva, just like there will never be another Z. And sometimes I feel like I don't want to feel like I'm trying to replace her. You know, like she she's been such a great dog. I don't want to feel like, oh, I got to get another one. So I don't think about her, you know? Yeah. I don't want to do that. And again, I don't want to have to go through the heartache again. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We that's one reason why we waited for like almost a year before we got our cat (laughs) Winston um just we just weren't ready yet to like take on that emotional um piece of it all and um you know we just were like gosh if something else happened like really soon it would be really hard for us to take um but also I think you know not everyone feels that way about their pets I think for like me and you they're like our our little children and um 
you know, they are just like very close family members to us, but not everyone sees their pets that way and that's okay. But we do. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe we're right. Maybe we're wrong. We don't care. But, um, you know, I mean, I think that that makes it harder too. Uh, there's just a lot of emotion. And what do you do at the end of their days when, you know, they're not able to sort of communicate with you what they're feeling, but you sort of know it's almost their time. I mean, that's a hard decision. Yeah. And and feeling like you're making the right one or or not. I mean, that's that's hard and you have to come to peace with that. Hopefully I'm that lucky and Viva will come to me in dreams. <laughs> You'll hear her snoring. Her I probably will. <laughs> Lesser. Well, if you have a story that you'd like to share with us here on the Unrest Podcast, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at the Unrest Podcast at gmail.com or also yeah or or also (laughs) check us out on instagram we are at 900 followers and we want to get to a thousand we're going to do a giveaway when we get to a thousand so please like us on instagram like us on facebook like us on twitter like us on tiktok tiktok like us on everything share us with your friends (laughs) we're likable gals (laughs) and until next time Unrest in peace.